love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Our program is sponsored by Living Water Church, located at 69 Industrial Road in Wainscott, under the leadership of Pastor Joe Kelly and his lovely wife, Margaret Kelly. Sunday services are at 10 a.m. with a pre-service prayer meeting at 9.30 a.m. Pastor Joe invites you to come and be refreshed. For more information, please call 631-537-2120. That's 631-537-2120. Today's special guest author is Dr. Ed Young. Dr. Young is and has been the senior pastor of the Second Baptist Church in Houston, Texas since 1978. With a church membership of 66,000 people, Pastor Young is a wellspring of wisdom and practical ways of strengthening the lifelong covenant of marriage. In his book, The Ten Commandments of Marriage, Pastor Young talks about the do's and the don'ts of the Christian marriage. It's also a great book for those who are engaged or planning on getting married. Pastor Young says that marriage is God's idea. He planned it and he designed it. And if you follow God's blueprint, your marriage will be more rewarding, more loving, more exciting than you could ever imagine. Today, Sandy talks to Pastor Young about his book, The Ten Commandments of Marriage, and those truths that will make your marriage what God meant it to be. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Dr. Young. Let me ask you this. Why did you write that wonderful book, The Ten Commandments of Marriage? Well, you know, I had preached a series of sermons in my in my pulpit uh, uh, on the Ten Commandments of Marriage, and I really got the idea from a book my, my middle son had written called The Ten Commandments of Dating. Oh. And I said, you know, you need commandments, and we know, of course, the Ten Commandments in Exodus, and I said, no, let's write them down. So I began to look for biblical principles and uh, sort of put them in contemporary words. And thus we have a sermon series that ended up being a little book. Aha. Uh-huh. You mentioned in your preface that a speaker at a national marriage conference encouraged every husband to ask himself and every wife to ask herself, what is it like being married to me? Would you speak that's, to that that's question? That's question, isn't it, Sandy? Yeah. Yeah, Have you, you ever have... asked yourself that question? Well, after reading that, I did. And, <laughs> and what did you come up well, with? Well, I mean, it does make you kind of search your soul and wonder and yeah. think about ways you can improve prove. You look at yourself in a different way. And I, you say, you know, you know, what about, you know, I wouldn't like that if I saw that in my right. face. And, uh, and, and that, uh, that reminds me, years ago, a guy came down the aisle of the church, and he said, oh, I'm here, and he's kind of tearful. He said, I don't know what I'm here for, uh, something, and I said, well, guess at it. 
he guessed it the first time. <laughs> and I think that's when you sit down and you need to do it periodically. I, I try to. I'm delinquent in that, the present, and write down, you know what, and then I think about, well, I'm like this, and I'm impatient right. here, and I, I don't listen here, and I'm not attentive here, and, and that helps us really to take an inventory, and as we are in Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit makes sure that we keep that inventory accurate and honest. I think that's a good way to sort of look in the mirror and belong with the Lord and His Word and, you know, get that appraisal. Right, it's good, as you just mentioned, to do a periodic check. Right, and be yeah. specific with it. Don't say, uh -huh. you know, I need to be kinder, sweeter. Right. Be specific, you know, where we fail and where we strike out, where we fumbled, and those uh, character cast characteristics that you and I don't like about ourselves. Right. Uh, would you, you have to live with that person, that terrible, right. to live with yourself. Would you please speak about transformation and sanctification in marriage? Right. Uh, marriage is, of course, not a contract. It's not a really, a, it's a covenant. Covenant. And when you realize it, it's you and your wife or husband and God, that changes everything. So it's a triangle. And I love the little picture there saying that when you draw a triangle, you put God at the top of the triangle and uh, the male and the female on the bottom, you notice the closer you get to God in that triangle that goes upward, the closer you are to one another. So that is sealing that covenant. And we understand there's a covenant. Leave, cleave, one flesh, no shame. That changes everything. You know, I don't see how anybody stays married for 30 seconds, Sandy, without Christ, without right. biblical principles. And that scripture, a three-strand cord is not easily broken, makes me think of that. Exactly. The Lord, Just, the husband, the wife. Yeah. And when you have God at the top, like you said, it's not easily broken, that relationship. Absolutely. And, and that's really what, what a marriage ceremony is all about. Uh -huh. It's about family and friends, uh, God there, hopefully a pastor, uh, presenting biblical principles, and all of those come together, and you realize you're in a covenant, and you have principles upon which, can you imagine going into any kind of contest, any kind of relationship, and there are no rules, they're just general rules. Yeah. And when we go in to say, you know, we're under the authority of the Bible, Sandy, yes. that's the only way your marriage or my marriage has worked or ever will work. Right, and right. our pastor says, if you do what it says, the Bible, your marriage will work. If you don't, it won't. Very simple. It's just <laughs> so simple, just filled with the wisdom and, and, of God. And God's way works in everything of life. You know, I've never had anybody say, you know, I've come to Christ and I'm living my life, whatever area, on the principle of God, and my life is all messed up. I've never heard that. Right. If you're just a simple pragmatist, you can figure that out. Right. Would you please define pigitis and your acronym you created from the itis? Immaturity, time choices, insensitivity, stubbornness, right. also right. known as pig-headedness. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm from Laurel, Mississippi, and I was not brought up on a farm. Yeah. But my dad had a country store, and this put me many times in contact with people who had pigs. Uh, and you watch pigs eat, and all of us have at one time or another. You see the, the largest pig just pushes everybody out of the way, and, 
and just is intense on getting all the food that's available for everybody else. And, and that's what happens to us uh, many times in marriage. You see it all the way through the Bible. You look at the story of the prodigal son. How many times do you say, ah, 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 ah? Uh, you look at uh, Romans 7, which I sp um, spoke on last Sunday, and I counted the number of times in that crazy chapter Paul talks about I and me, I and me, 47 times. Wow. That is pig-eyed on steroids. <laughs> the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't do, I I mean, that is it. Right. My marriage is all about my happiness, my pleasure, and it's not that. We, we lose our life in our mate, right. and, we, and the byproduct of that is happiness. Surrender is the key to Christ, and surrender to our mate, and then the byproduct, we don't say, well, am I happy in this marriage? This marriage. No, no. You don't think about that. I've been married 53 years, oh, and I can tell you, when I practice the biblical principles, my marriage scene. Yes. Well, I have heard it said that if you constantly say, I, 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 the Holy Spirit says, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> well, I don't think the Holy Spirit leaves and we no, just subdue. Totally. We push the Holy Spirit out of the way and we, we grieve him. Yes, yes absolutely, right. absolutely. Would you please talk to us about mutual submission? Right, and that is largely misunderstood, Sandy. In fact, uh, most people think in Ephesians 5, and you marry somebody today. The wife usually say, you don't have that obey part in the marriage ceremony, do you? And I answer, you don't know. No, that's not what it's all about. If you read Ephesians 5, if you got time, let me just walk through that a little bit. Uh, you know, Paul, every one of Paul's epistles, it starts off with theology. Every one of them. That's it. Theology, and then the basis of that which you believe, this is how you live. Uh -huh. And you take the book of Ephesians, you go all the way through five plus chapters, and he's and Paul is dealing, this is what you believe, this is what you believe. Then he makes that transition, and he says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he gives us characteristics for the Spirit-filled life. Speaking, singing, thanking, submitting. And then of all things, what does he talk about? Marriage. Uh -huh. The first step in practicality. And the introductory verse there simply says, we're to submit ourselves one to another. Right. Wives, submit yourself to husband's relationship there. Now, the word submit means to be under. It's to position yourself under. Uh -huh. Now, so when it says be submissive one to another, it means the Wife is to position herself under a husband, and the husband is to position herself under the wife. Uh -huh. Now, this is where we go astray with this, Sandy, I think. In fact, uh -huh. I'm convinced of it. We talk about husbands, wives, be submissive to your husbands as Christ is submissive to the church. And the husband is to be the leader as Christ is the leader of the church. How does Jesus Christ lead our church, the body of Christ, Sandy? He doesn't say, do this, I'm in charge. I'm commander-in-chief. I own 51% of the stock. That's not the way Christ leads. How does Christ lead the church? He gets under the church. He died for you and me. Right. He positions himself under. So the husband is to position herself under his wife, and the wife is to position himself under their husband. 
Right. So it's not the idea that one is in charge. Joe Bethany, she has expertise and spiritual vision in some areas. Man, she's commander-in-chief. I have that in other areas. I submit to myself to her. I position myself under her. She positions herself under me. The same way with children and, and parents. It follows up the same chapter. Uh, uh, parents are to position themselves under their children, and children are to position themselves under the parents. The same way with slaves and masters, employees and glories. Uh, at, at the church I pastor, we've got you know, 66,000 members in Houston, Texas, right here. Wow. We've got a lot of employees. I position myself under everyone on my church staff. I tell them over and over, I work for you. How may I help you? And that is what this is saying. To, to interpret it, as we've heard it interpreted, the husband is to be in charge, and he is to be the, the maybe the spiritual leader of the home and the spiritual lover of the home, but there's mutual responsibility and accountability. If not, Sandy, why would Paul mention this? Already in the pagan society, men were in charge. Women were, were property. Already in society, uh, a father had the responsibility in the pagan world to either let the child live or die. In the, in the slave master thing, certainly the master was important. So Paul was saying just the, the culture of that day, no, he was doing something revolutionary. He was saying those in positions of authority and relationships in every walk of life, position yourself under, be submissive, be right, submissive. Right. As Jesus Christ is submissive, even died for the church. Right. See, it's a different kind of twist there, yeah. which I think the Greek certainly stands up. And I hope that makes sense, Sunday. Yes, yes. I mean, the husband is called to a sacrificial love. Lay down your life for your wife. Christ laid down his life for the church. You got it. without spot or wrinkle to the Father, yes. Amen. And that's the whole genius of this. How easy it is for me to take out the trash when Joe Beth asked me if I asked me whether to die for her. So, so the wife positions himself under the husband, and the husband positions himself under the wife. That is the uniqueness of leadership yes. in biblical understanding. Amen. Would you please expound upon the concept of what says, I love you to you? Oh, that's, that's, that is strong. The most misused word today is the word love. Right. You know, we just, I love this, I love You're that. Right. And, of course, the, the biblical kind of love is a sacrificial kind of love. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful kind of love. In First First Corinthians 13, I like it in most modern translation, that's a good definition of love. And Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us, gives you and I the capacity to really love others. And, first of all, to love our mates. Love and and, and, and human language is, I'm willing to listen, I'm willing to learn, Amen. I'm willing to meet your needs, Amen. I'm sensitive as to my wife, what she likes and what she dislikes, yes. and hopefully she's sensitive to me in, in, in way beyond that I am sensitive to her. So I express love in different ways, like the kids. How do you say you love your kids? It's spelled time, T-I-M-E. Right. That's it. Yes. And how do you express love to, you, to your wife? It, it, I think it comes through understanding. How is your wife wired? How is your husband wired? And, and that leads us to another thing I dealt with, which is communication. 
Amen. And that's always a challenge. In this. Yes. It really is. Huh? Yes. And so communication is ever, ever, ever so important. And what happens so many times is some female will marry some handsome, strong, and silent type. <laughs> and then she spends the rest of her life trying to get him to speak, That's trying right. to get him to lead, trying to get him to, to be understanding of her. So we have to, I go back to the courtship things. You fall in love with your head and your heart, and they're 12 inches apart. And, uh, you know, that's what we must do in courtship. But but the important thing is we express love to our mate in the way that, that your mate understands love. I may yes. I may see love in one way. Joe Best sees another way. Right. And uh, I, I'm like what Billy Graham was asked uh, once on the night show, uh, how he and Ruth, uh, you know, made it together. Yeah. And he said, uh, we're happily incompatible. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> and, and that's that's what marriage is. But but we communicate and we love by seeing how they see love as expressed. I may see it expressed in a physical way. Uh, you know, Joe right. Bass sees it in, in a different kind of way. Right. So we have to keep, and that's a part of that. What's it like being married to me? Uh, that's a good place to begin. Yeah, yeah. In discussing expectations, would you please talk about, in your book, you tell us the story about your dog, Sonny, and the tick problem. Can you tell you know, us that I, story? Well, it's, it's been, I've got another dog now. I wrote yeah. that book a, a while back. Yeah. I wrote a revised co- copy, of an updated copies coming yeah. out, I think, in, in the fall. Oh, about, in the yeah. fall, you yeah. of me. Uh, but, but anyway, I just... Uh, uh, we had a dog back then that seemed to attract ticks, and, and so we always had a tick problem. And, of course, we know what a tick is. It attaches and draws blood from you. Yeah. And and I had read or heard somewhere, and I, I can identify with it. Uh, we A lot of people get married in the church that I pastor, uh, and I don't do all the ceremonies, thank goodness. But uh, we have weddings literally all the time. 140 so a year, that's something else. Well, it's probably yeah. now, that's back More. then, probably close to 340 wow. a year. Yeah. And by the way, to get married in my church, Sandy, you have to have 20-plus hours in counseling and conference. Very before good. We'll, before we'll marry you. Very good. So that's another another thing. Yeah. No, but, and so you sit down there, and you see the bride come, and you see the groom come, and, and they look at one another, and you can almost read it. The wife is saying, I married this guy. He's going to meet all my needs, my loneliness, my expectations, my esteem. And you see the same thing. husband-to-be looks at this. Oh, she's everything I wanted. All the empty place will be fulfilled. And it's like two ticks and no dog. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, both of them are looking for the other one to fill their needs, right. and that's not the way it works. Jesus Christ fulfills our needs, yes. and we we find our life by losing our lives, and and that's the genius of covenant marriage to yes. become one. And you don't spend all your marriage life trying to find out which one you're going to become. Right. So uh, anyway, you, that, that you can feel that in marriage ceremonies, I think, for me, more than anywhere else. You know, both yeah. of them looking for all that needs to be met the person right. they're looking at, and that doesn't happen. They're met in Christ, and then you begin in the love relationship to genuinely meet the needs of one another. Right. In your book, you talk about the feeling love. Would you expand on that and the other kinds of love? Well, it, it, it is. Uh, 
feeling love is what the world goes on. And you yeah. have so many couples who say, you know, I don't love them anymore. They do yeah. not feel love. Right. Love, Fandy, is something that you do. It's, it's a choice. On, it's a choice. Right. And, and you know, sometimes you, you look and say, man, I, you know, I've got to supply 90% of the love in this marriage. And other times your mate has to do the same thing. Yes. So it's not based on feelings. It's not based on emotion. It's, first of all, based on commitment. Right. And that we go right back to the foundation. And that is the covenant we made with God, which is sacred and holy. In fact, Jesus Christ. And the Bible talks about marriage as the closest way we can understand mine and your relation to God in Jesus Christ. Yes. Which it is that symbol of marriage is, is a symbol that's used throughout Scripture to talk about a man or a woman who is in Christ and Christ is in us. Yes. What are some practical steps to help you restore feelings to your relationship since we're so concerned about that? Right. Well, you know, I, I would say there has to be um, 12 words, 12 words that every husband and wife needs to use. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. And then I'd make it 15 words, I need you. You keep those 15 words in your vocabulary. A man and a woman who are united together in marriage it is amazing how those words are effective. I was wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. I love you. I need. Uh, uh, and, and so those, those words, and they're just 12 of them. And that'll help restore uh, those feelings that you have. And we've, we've talked about, and, and somewhere in this book, I believe, uh, I talked about the different stages of the heart, Sandy. Yes. And, 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 you know, when, when you, you and Walter get... The four stages of That's right. Well, that, right. Absolutely. And when I, Joe Beth and I, you know, have problems and challenges, which we do, yes. and you do as well. Yes. Uh, you know, first of all, your heart is bruised. Yes. And I'm hurt. I'm bruised. And then if you sleep on that problem, you say, you know, my heart is cold. Yet next morning you say the right words, but... You know, you just go into the motions. Yeah. And then it, it, it's the uh, boost heart, the hard, the cold heart. Then there's the hard heart. You let that problem just stay there for a week or two, and it gets larger and larger. You don't deal with it. There's no heating. There's no communication. Then the fourth stage is the apathetic heart. And that's the saddest stage of all. When a couple comes to me, and, and they've got a problem, and they may get divorced, and they're still mad and angry, I'm very encouraged <laughs> because I know there's still some passion. There's still some some need there. There's still yes. some desire there. But when they come and they're just totally apathetic, you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever she wants. You know, right, he, right. He, and I don't have any feeling. I, it's all been burned out through these years. Right. Now, there is where the Holy Spirit has to come and do some genuine healing and work and therapy in Christ with biblical principles. And there is the, the dangerous, the deadly stage that a marriage can get into. That's the reason you read in, in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, it says, don't let the sun go down your wrath. Yep. Uh, because if you sleep, if you don't, the bruised heart you can deal with. When it goes through these stages, 
of being cold and being hard and then, oh, apathetic. So before you go to sleep at night, uh, you've got a problem with Walter. I've got a problem with Joe Beth. Yeah. We need to deal with that. Doesn't mean we'll agree. There's some things Joe Beth will never agree about. <laughs> but that but it means we get our hearts together. Yeah. We get our hearts together, our minds together. And that's through prayer and that's through communication, sometimes through tears and if we try to go to sleep and we haven't dealt with something, uh, I call it the toe touching syndrome. Very practical. I you loved sort of that. I loved reading yeah, that. Yeah, you just touch toes under the cover, and it's amazing. Yeah. And both of you either laugh and you begin to deal with it. So don't let the sun go no, down no, on your anger. That's the way to keep the bruised heart from escalating. Yes. Well, Doctor, thank you so much. We're going to go to a close now, and we are just so grateful that you spent this time with us and that you shared a little of the Ten Commandments of marriage. And we bless you, Doctor, for being well, with us. Well, bless again. you, Sandy, and your ministry. I've heard of it even here from Texas. Wow. And uh, the effectiveness of your uh, communication there and what you're doing for the Lord, and it's a powerful, powerful vehicle. Oh, it's honored to know you over the phone. Look forward to meeting you one day. Oh, that is wonderful. I hope that happens. Okay, so now I'll just say goodbye and God bless just for now. Well, okay. thank you very, very much. All right. Goodbye to you. Bye now. Bye bye. I'm all wrong I'll be satisfied as long As I walk, dear Lord, close to Thee Just a closer walk Thank you, Dr. Young, for your book, The Ten Commandments of Marriage, The Do's and the Don'ts for a Lifelong Covenant. Next week, our special guest is Sarah Kovac. She wrote a book called In Capable Arms, Living a Life Embraced by Grace. Thanks for listening. Talk to you then. If I falter, Lord, who cares? Who with me my burden shares? None but thee.